This is Help Wanted, the show that tackles all the big work questions you cannot ask anyone else. I'm Jason Pfeiffer, Editor-in-Chief of Entrepreneur Magazine. And I'm New York Times bestselling author and money expert, Nicole Lappin. The helpline is open. Nicole, do you, in business, take no for an answer? I guess it depends on the question. So the question is, Nicole, in business, do you take no for an answer? <laughs> Touche. <laughs> um, I guess we're told never to take no for an answer. So I guess the default in deal-making matters. I don't love to take no for an answer. I don't like to take no for an answer either. But when I'm the person who says no and then people don't take no for an answer. I have to say, I find it incredibly annoying. And that experience has shifted the way that I think of when I respond. And I want to propose a better way to do it. That's what we're going to do in this episode. You're proposing to me? I can't wait. <laughs> so that's what we're going to talk about in this episode of Help Wanted. We're going to talk about when to take no for an answer and when not to. And everything that I am saying right now is going to become clear when I read you this terrible email. Nicole, can I read you a terrible email that I got? No. <laughs> <laughs> I am not taking no for an answer. I'm reading it to you anyway. All right. So this came from a publicist. Uh, just to be clear on context here, because I am the editor of a magazine, publicists who are people whose job is to try to get publicity for their clients. Publicists reach out to me all the time. And this one wrote me from a totally reputable PR firm. Uh, hey, Jason, I wanted to formally introduce myself. Somebody I'd never heard from before uh, explains the uh, PR agency that she works for and then says that she represents startups, only a few of which are entrepreneur worthy, writing you now specifically because I have one that is entrepreneur worthy. So I was like, oh, all right, let's take a look at this. And I read it and eh, it's not really, it's it's not entrepreneurial. It's just not that interesting. And so I write back and I say, uh, hey, congratulations to this company on all their success, but sorry, I don't see a fit here, which is my usual way of saying no, is I don't see a fit here. That's a really gracious no. Thank you. Because, you know, the thing is, it's not like a bad company. It's just not a fit for the magazine. That's okay. Yeah. Go find another magazine. There are lots. There are lots. Go for it. Not as uh, many as there used to be. No. Still lots. Anyway, this publicist responds to me and says, I'm just going to read it word for word. Well, it seems it's time for me to turn in my publicist badge. <laughs> Either that or you guys are focusing on affiliate companies. <laughs> Nicole, what, what, what is she saying to me? So affiliate companies would be like pay for play. Like, I'm a company, I'm going to pay you money, and you're going to feature me. Yeah, or or like, the very least, you're going to feature me, and then I'll give you a cut of whatever sales came because you featured me. So she is saying... So she's saying, wow, I cannot believe this. I'm turning in my publicist badge, although I don't know who issues those. <laughs> I wouldn't trust them. <laughs> and... You suck because you probably are just focusing on like business deals and this is the greatest story in the history of the world. So so you're obviously, you know, not even looking at great stories at yeah, all. That's right. Boo -hoo. That's right. More or less, she's like, oh, well, this story was so perfect for you that the only possible reason you're saying no to this is because you're on the take. So something's wrong with you, not me. Like, that's what she's saying. Wow. Which is a yeah. weird kind of way to not take no for an answer, because I think what she's trying to do is maybe 
either shame me into saying yes or mm. make me reconsider and be like, oh, I am sorry. I have realized the error of my ways, publicist lady. Either way, she was clearly prompting something that wasn't a slammed door shut, but she definitely not only slammed the door shut, but kind of put like a padlock on it mm. and then and then sort of maybe like shoved a large, heavy dresser in front of the door. <laughs> and the door is never open. Never open again. again. <laughs> and this... This is the version of people not taking no for an answer that I get all the time. It's not always insulting, but the other version of it is like, what? I don't understand how that could not be a fit. Let me re-explain it to you. That's still aggressive, but sure. So aggressive. Or or like, oh, you know, I, I must have I must have just not said it right. Here's a completely different version of this same pitch. And they'll just they would just keep doing this over and over again. And I came to realize that the mistake that they're making is that they are thinking of this moment as the only moment that they have one shot with me to get whatever it is that they want. And because I have said no to this, they figure, well, look, there's just no reason to play a long game here. It's do or die, now or never. What else can I say to this guy? We're going to go for it. And that's the wrong play. Eminem style, one shot. Eminem style, you got one <laughs> shot. Do not miss your chance to blow. I don't know what the lines of that song are. Then what they go? Don't miss your chance to go. Whatever. I don't Mom's know. spaghetti. We Something. don't know. Yeah. There are more chances. And when you object, like you think you're taking this career work advice that's been given, right? And you're mm -hmm. like, oh, I have to put this in action. I got to know. I should not take that for an answer. I'm going to like argue back. And it's kind of like in a breakup, right? You don't argue back. Like the answer is no. You know, <laughs> how do you move on from something that's not meant for you? Maybe at the time, but arguing back is just going to solidify the person's choice for giving you the no. Like for you, yeah. I, I don't know if you were on the fence about this story or not. Again, I think even responding was really gracious because I often just don't respond if I don't think it's a fit. Yeah. Um, and I think not responding is an answer and the, that answer is also no. Yeah, we should talk uh, about that more in a second. But yes, yes. Uh, and I usually don't respond too, but in this case I did for whatever reason. Which was really nice. Thank and you. I tell you when when you are nice, which yeah. is rare, but like it was really like it was extra kind of you to do. Right. I was, I was being nice because people would prefer a no over a nothing. And I know that. Yeah, but you like kind of went out of your way and then you responded to her. So you even, you know, she has a thread where you responded. So like maybe down the road she could respond again with something different. But if there was any doubt in your mind, she just emphasized or underlined in your mind that that answer was like not not just no, but hell no. <laughs> yes, right. So you know what this makes me think of? This is going to take a weird detour where I'm going to tell you a fun fact that I just happen to like, and then I'm going to bring it back to something that's probably relevant to this conversation. Uh, do you know why the phrase, the proof is in the pudding makes any sense? Right, no. People will say that, you know, the, the proof is right. in the pudding. And you're like, that I doesn't make any sense. Why is the proof in the pudding? What's the pudding? Yeah, true. We should do a whole show on Oh, yeah. Analogies. I love these things. So here it is, because I wondered this once. It's like, why, why is the proof of the pudding? Like, what's the pudding? pudding? Yeah. The answer is that it is actually a shortened version of a longer phrase. And that longer phrase was the proof of the pudding is in the tasting, which does make sense. 
In other mm-hmm. words, you don't know sure. if the pudding is good until you try it. But it got shortened over time to this thing where people just say the proof is in the pudding, which doesn't actually make sense. And this is a thing that I think that we now hear watch me bring it back to our conversation. This mm-hmm. is a thing that I think that we do with ideas, which is that sometimes we shorten them and we drop out critical information that would actually make the idea make more sense and guide us better. So in the case of don't take no for an answer, I think that really what we should be thinking is don't take no for an answer forever. But that's pretty different from don't take no for an answer today. Yeah, period. Because you can actually take no for an answer today. And that opens a relationship. Like I responded to this publicist. Yeah. She could, the next time she has a pitch, respond to my response. Yeah. And I would be like, oh, yeah, that person, uh, you know, she thinks uh, that client was OK and I wasn't. But now she's back with another one. But because she thought. I will not take no for an answer today, she really slammed the door shut on tomorrow. Yes. And forever. And forever. Forever and <laughs> forever ever. Amen. And ever. That is such a good point because there's so much nuance to this stuff. And I think that people take the advice shorthand they want to do the best thing for themselves and their career, right? So they hear a phrase and they're like, all right, not taking no for an answer, like period, the end. Uh, But there is so much texture and complexity around that phrase and around all of these sort of like cliches you hear in business. Yeah. I'll tell you, as we were talking about this, I'm thinking about a time where I took no for an answer and then got a yes later which was how I got my very first magazine job. So I applied to work at Boston Magazine. I was in my mid-20s. I had worked at a couple of local newspapers. Getting an editor job at Boston Magazine was a total reach for me. But I went for it, and I got an interview, and I was the runner-up candidate. And the editor-in-chief, James, called me and said, basically, hey, we thought you were really good. But we went with someone with more experience. Sorry, uh, stay in touch. Go get more experience. So, yeah, he told me what I need to do. I can't, like, argue with him. I can't be like, well, I better turn in my job application badge. (laughs) And so I took the no. But I thought, all right, he needs me to have more experience. So why don't I go focus on that? I started freelancing for other magazines. Then I reached out to the guy who got my job. (laughs) or not my job, the one that it wasn't given to me, the guy who was hired instead of me, I reached out to that guy. His name was Jeff. I started freelancing for Jeff at Boston Magazine. I did this for like a year and a half. And then when there was another job opening at Boston Magazine, I reapplied and I said, I know we've been talking. Uh, I've been now writing for you. It's a different situation now. I I have the experience that you're looking for. And it still took a lot of convincing because I didn't have as much experience as other candidates, but I had changed the calculation. And I think that's so important. Mm. It's like you think about this phrase, don't take no for an answer. An answer is the response to a question. But what happens if you change the question? Yes. What happens if the question is a little bit different? The question originally was, should we hire Jason Pfeiffer, guy with no experience? Mm. Now the question is, should we hire Jason Pfeiffer, guy with some experience who has also proven himself to be a hustler? And that's a different question. And it got a different answer. And the woman that you said no to could have asked a different question later down the road. Now she can't. Now she can't. 
Stick around. Help Wanted will be right back. Nicole, have you ever thought about the one that got away? Jason, I am happily in a relationship. You know that. No, the hire that got away. Someone that you thought was perfect for your team, but ah, they were already with another employer. Oh, well, in that case, yeah, I think about her all the time. Well, it's not too late. You can reach out to that person on LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you hire professionals that you can't find anywhere else, even people who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. Okay, looks like it's time for me to shoot my shot. Do it. And I know you may have your heart set on one person, but if you do want to open it up and post a role to a bigger applicant pool, you can do it for free at linkedin.com slash help wanted. And because there are so many professionals on LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within just 24 hours. So you'll never have a one that got away again. Incredible. That's linkedin.com slash help wanted. Yep. LinkedIn.com slash help wanted. Terms and conditions apply. Happy hiring ever after. Welcome back to Help Wanted. Let's get to it. I think it's really important to shift perspective on this and a lot of matters in business to what the perspective of the recipient is or the other side. And Mm -hmm. fast forward that videotape or MP3 or whatever, like you and I remember videotapes. But (laughs) like, what is the next step? Like, what did she did she think like? Yeah, you know what he's going to say? Like, I'm going to turn in my editor-in-chief badge. You are absolutely (laughs) right, lady. Like, mea culpa. Let me just fall on this sword, my God. Like, you are right. He's going on the cover. Like, did she think that was a possible outcome of this? In my career, I've gone from responding quickly Um, impulsively sometimes Mm -hmm. to trying to take a pause. You never regret a pause when you don't know what to do. And and I'm sure she was like pissed, right? She had feelings about this. Like, understandably, we all have been in that situation when you get rejected or get a no for an answer. Do you see the timestamp of like how quickly she responded? Oh, uh, let me see. It was was an hour later. Yeah, like too short of time. You should have taken a day sister like taken a beat taken a day like digested it thought about what jason could respond with uh and then maybe respond or not uh but i think what in these situations it's really important to put yourself in the perspective of the other side and try to optimize for what you really want the outcome to be and Maybe it's not like the next move, but maybe it's like some game of chess that you're playing to get to that outcome, not today or tomorrow, but like later on. I really like what you're saying here, because when you think about the other person's perspective, you make a really fundamental shift, which in this case goes from your perspective is, I really want this. The other person's perspective is, "Eh, I don't really want this. And the ways to engage with those perspectives are really, really different. The way that she acted with the, I should turn in my publicist badge, comes from a place of, I want this and this makes sense. But to me, that's just incredibly obnoxious because I've already told you that I don't want this story, which means that now you're just kind of being weird and pushy. But here's what could have been really smart. Instead of just giving up on this client, 
what she could have said maybe is, hey, thanks for the feedback. I'll come back to you with this client when they've grown or when they have some new news or when gotten a billion dollars. Right. Take, yeah. She's going from treating this as a no to treating this as a not now, which is an important turn. And it may not be what I'm looking for, but at the very least, she is acknowledging in her response that whatever you got right now gets a no. And so maybe something in the future will get a yes. We don't know. I, I, I can't know the future. But if she's at least meeting me at the foundational level of it's a no right now, then maybe I'm open to it's a yes later. Well, I think it might be a little bit of a scale, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's in the no region, right? And it's not going to leave the no region likely. Like yeah. chances are very slim that it's going to get out of that to the yes region. But it can go from a hell no <laughs> to a not now. Yeah. Right? Like that degree shifts based on your response. That's so true. And and if you look at it black and white, then it all just looks like no. But if you're able to understand the gradient, then you can see that maybe you're closer, or you can nudge it closer than you think. And for what it's worth, I've had people who have worked on me for years for stories and eventually got me to a yes. And I'm not inviting that because it can be annoying, but I can see how it was smart because they kept taking into account what I was looking for or what I said back, and they kept trying different ways, genuinely, instead of just being like, how about now? How about now? How about now? Because that's really annoying. And when you push on people when they've already said no, what are they going to do? They're just going to dig in, say no harder. Well, the cliche, right, don't take no for an answer, it has like the... <laughs> now that I live in LA, it has like the energy, right? <laughs> or the vibe of like an aggressive thing. Like don't take no for an answer. Like put your foot down, take a stand. But don't be obnoxious. Like maybe when people hear that, they think that it's some sort of like, you know, spring into fight mode, right? Yeah. And I don't think that that's ever appropriate, right? Like it, there's never a time when an obnoxious response works. So those people that sort of worked with you, worked you, whatever, mm -hmm. like played this long game and got the gradient closer to the yes region. I mean, certainly it was not in their repertoire to be obnoxious, right? Like that's just, yeah. that should not be an option. Why was that even an option for this lady? I don't know. I don't know. Because she was having a bad day. She should have waited a beat. Who knows why people do what they do. But they commit it to writing and then somebody reads it on a podcast. That's what happens. Right. So the gradient goes from like, no, to hell no, mm -hmm. to being blasted on a podcast. <laughs> That's right. That's really the ultimate. Oh, I hope she's Damn listening. Lady. I hope she's not listening. <laughs> the other thing I wanted to talk about was to go back to what we had said earlier, which was how to interpret silence. Mm -hmm. Because silence can be one of two things. It's golden is deadly. There's so many cliches. There's so many ways you can go with too. it. And in this case, I think silence is either a no or it is a oh, I didn't see that. Mm -hmm. And 
And that is the excruciating part about silence yeah. is that you don't know if someone has just not focused on you or if they have not seen it. How do you make the determination? Oh, it's it's like when you were saying that, I just viscerally felt like in this purgatory region, like during follow up time, I'm like, mm. did they not see it? Do they not like me? <laughs> like, which <laughs> is the answer? And I think that if you feel like they didn't see it and their email box is exploded, like all of us, you know, have an exploding email box, right? There's only one follow up that mm-hmm. you can do with that. And then the answer is really no. Yeah, You can't like poke again and be like, just popping this up to the top of your email box like more than once. That's yeah. a one shot. And if you got no response then, then the answer was no. I but agree with that. But it's tricky to make that follow-up call. Yeah. I agree with that. When do you make the follow-up? Is that a week? Ooh, I guess it depends on what the ask is. But yeah, I would say a week. You know, look, like I, this goes back to psychology and EQ in a lot of ways. And I think that we forget this in business. We don't know what somebody else is thinking. And so that's the tricky part. And like also when you're doing pitches and things like that, you can't ask like in a relationship, right? You can't assume what other what's going on in somebody else's life. We all have shit going on. We all have issues, whatever. And so it's it's a hard determination when you like don't know that person and you, you know, are trying to follow up in the right way and like guess what's happening in their lives but yeah maybe a week like if we need to put a time stamp on it what do you think yeah that's usually what i do is about a week and then i assume if i didn't hear back again that it is most likely a no if it is a i didn't see it then they will see it at some time in the future, which has happened. Sometimes I hear from people months later and they're like, oh, I'm really sorry about this. I just saw this or I'm going through my old inbox or whatever. They were not in a place to respond to me at that moment. And so what do you got to do? You got to move on. And I think maybe to put a button on it, the best way that I have found to manage these kinds of things is to just not have things emotionally riding on someone's response to something Mm -hmm. because if you feel like a lot is riding on getting someone to yes you might do crazy things like write i guess i should turn my publicist badge in but if most of the time when you're engaging with people even if it's something that feels really important like a job application or whatever i i just try to separate from it as much as possible if I get a yes, great. If I get a no, we're going to move on. I'm going to try to have some other things. I, <laughs> you, you know, you get you get those letters every so often from a law firm and the law firm is like, hello, we are the law firm of lawyer, lawyer and lawyer. And we are representing the class action group against Crest Toothpaste or whatever, right? Like if you bought Crest Toothpaste in the last seven years, you could be part of this group. And the first time that I got that, that that message, I'm sure everybody's gotten some version of that. The first time that I got that, I asked my dad what to do. And he said, ah, just say yes and then forget about it and possibly 
four years later, they'll send you a check for $2.70. And uh, and so that's what I've been doing. I just say yes to it. And then I forget about it. And then it comes back. And I try to apply. It's not easy. I understand some things you really want that yes on. Some things are bigger than others. But I try as much as possible to apply that level of detachment to pretty much everything that I'm waiting for an answer for on. Because that way, I am able to focus on other things. And whatever answer I get, I can try to manage by taking a beat or two beats and then figuring out what comes next, which sometimes is trying to change the question and get a better answer later. Nicole, final question. Are we done with this episode? No. Yes. 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 Yes, we are. (laughs) Help Wanted is a production of Money News Network. Help Wanted is hosted by me, Jason Pfeiffer. And me, Nicole Lappin. Our executive producer is Morgan Lavoie. If you want some help, email our helpline at helpwanted at moneynewsnetwork.com for the chance to have some of your questions answered on the show. And follow us on Instagram at moneynews and TikTok at moneynewsnetwork for exclusive content and to see our beautiful faces. Maybe a little dance? Oh, I didn't sign up for that. All right. Well, talk to you soon.